Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 17th of June, 2021. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And it's been a hell of a week. It's been a busy, uh, expansive, um, chock full of change week. How you doing, Dave? I am... Well, I, I had my seatbelt on because I knew this kind of week was coming. <laughs> so, so yes, we, we've it just has been a really, really interesting week filled with all sorts of googly goodness. Now, there's 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 significant changes happening uh, uh, in Google right now. There's at least uh, one, possibly two uh, algorithm updates like happening in in successive. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of fluctuation in, uh, in rankings and Google search console and in pretty much all the, uh, indicators you would, you would use to, to, to look at the performance of any given page or website. And if this was any normal year right now, Dave, you and I would probably be freaking out because we'd be at SMX advanced in Seattle and not able to touch our keyboards because we'd be busy being at a conference. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... We're not, but it's and not that is sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is sad because I would love to be freaking out in Seattle right now because this is the second day of what is arguably the uh, most enlightening and um, fun of the search conference, especially for like hardcore geeks, SMS Advanced uh, or SMX Advanced. Uh, 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 virtual conference, it's day two. Neat stuff is rolling out of it. Neat information is coming out of uh, SMX Advance. Mm -hmm. Um, including the announcement yesterday that as of, uh, I guess as of last week, but all uh, merchants can now accept payment. All Google merchants can now accept payment via Shopify. I think that was uh, said specifically at, at advanced yesterday. That sounds um, right. And, and that just the, made me my initial thought as soon as I, as soon as I read that was, Okay, so they let Shopify in first um, on on shopping feeds. Okay, so now they're letting them uh, be be like a, a a default payment system. I should buy some Shopify shares because I have a hunch there's going to be an acquisition in the not too distant future as Google tries to build <laughs> a structure to just uh, allow their their users to do e-commerce. Right, like I, I just I, I have this my my spidey senses are tingling. Um, that there is an acquisition coming. And if there isn't an acquisition coming, hey, Spotify, don't turn your back on Google. Trust me on this one. <laughs> they will they will stab you so bad. Um, but yeah, actually, that's a good call. That, that, that's, that's actually really, really, really likely. Google has... Um, I work with a bunch of devs who are just cussing Google this week, just like serious because, 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 you know, with the, with the page experience algorithm that, you know, they have been warned on for, I don't know how many months now. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, everyone's freaking out. Um, but Google has a virtual monopoly on so much stuff 
it's the gateway to so much of so much of the retail internet um only makes sense that they would have uh not only that they would have a world-class process uh payment processor mm -hmm. but they'd want to take out their uh, closest competition too mm -hmm. yeah so why not <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be exciting to watch, right? Like it, it just will be like, that's going to be a really, really interesting thing. Um, and you know, when I say that there's probably like eight need to watch that. It's going to be very, very interesting. Every episode where we're, where we're covering news, which is every episode. So it, it's just, it's such a fun, fun, <laughs> vibrant industry to be in. Uh, all tips, all financial tips given on webcology are, <laughs> are of the mind of the tipster, his or herself, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station or um, anybody else, really. Um, or reality. Yes. Um, Good call. We're pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, another thing that's, that's going to be really interesting to watch is the slow rollout of an algorithm. The uh, Google Page Experience update almost sounds like something they would build in Vegas, eh? The Page Experience yep. update. The Google Page Experience update is slowly rolling out. It's uh, started last weekish, and um, between now and August, it's going to become more and more of a factor um, in how pages from your website will rank. Um, Interesting, the idea that it's going to be ratcheted up, like this is a daily thing, a weekly thing, and they like, suddenly one day going to walk in really drunk and turn the dial up to 11? Like, like how does this work? <laughs> um, you know, if we read their 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 docs, and I know you're facetious, um, the, the, the way they sort of described it was like you're cooking, I'm just going to use chili because I'm hungry for chili, um, and I was talking about it with Mary uh, just a few hours ago, eating some chili, but um, they, they, they liken it to cooking and, and sort of putting in a, a bit of salt, and then you put in a bit more and, and sort of just carefully seeing where is that threshold where it's optimal but not so fine-tuned that horrible sites with good experience can all of a sudden outrank you know and sites with with better content so I, I get how it's a fine tuning sort of thing and i think in part as well they'll be going let's just slowly nudge people oh you drop the position now poke poke you know what you should be doing <laughs> that thing we've been telling you for months that you should have been doing right like sort of edge us over there rather than uh that all of a sudden just dropping the hammer and going oh by the way you're on page two now i, I don't like they've been really clear actually I, I i say it that way but i don't think we're looking at like big position drops but if you're ranking for thousands and thousands of keywords that drive traffic minor little tie breakers over a thousand two thousand three thousand or more keywords if you lose enough tie breakers <laughs> then all of a sudden you've lost a lot of traffic, right? So maybe through that going slowly, they'll be able to sort of nudge people along who maybe weren't paying attention. And in part, like you think of, you know, some sort of vast, vast websites and go, it'd be really hard, right? Like I think of people like working and you know them, I know them like SEOs at companies like IBM or Amazon or something like that and going, Trying to get anything through <laughs> is going to be a challenge, right? Like, because they have massive bureaucracies and for good reasons, right? Like, they have lots of checks and balances and they should. But if they start losing money, then all of a sudden it might be a little easier for that SEO to make their case. <laughs> I love the idea. Again, this is Google again. Like, engineers should not be allowed to market stuff. I love the idea that 
the machine of Google is a lot like the Iron Giant being run like Ratatouille. <laughs> um, like the Disney film with the, the mouse and the guy's toque teaching him how to cook. Um, I think that pay, that um, pay, page experience is going to have a heavier impact in the long run than it will in the short term. But I think the way it's going to have the impact isn't going to be direct page by page by page uh, impact. I'm, I'm going off something that John Mueller said, was quoted saying uh, earlier this week um, about uh, uh, quality signals at a site level. And you can't you can't necessarily collect enough quality signals on a page by page basis. So you look at how the the intention and the the, 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 the quality of the entire website. I mean even dumb stuff like spelling and punctuation and and, and formatting, eh? Um, these are these are important. Um, it's it, it shows an overall dedication to information presentation. That's a on a page by page basis, the site level um, uh, uh, quality can have an effect. So I think that's how page experience is going to be as well. It's going to have a uh, one page inside a domain might affect other pages. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, on, on a general quality score level. Well, I mean, that, you know what? That's, that's a really interesting a, way to as, look at it. Yeah, but I'm thinking like if they're going to roll up between now and August, um, I made a joke about somebody coming and just turning it up to 11. That's not going to happen. And the top isn't going to fall off the spice jar while they're spicing the soup either fast. That's why this is an experiment period. But if you're collecting all this data and seeing how, you know, pages, um, the quality of, of individual pages, given what Mueller said about um, trying to extract extract these signals from individual pages, I'm thinking this is going to morph into a site-wide thing over time. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. And you look at something like, because um, we've seen where it's good to have watched stuff like this happen in the past, right? Mild signals like HTTPS, right? Like where it wasn't going to be this catastrophic thing specifically, um, starting out, it was going to similarly grow over time. Uh, I don't know when's the last time you clicked a search result and it was HTTP, right? <laughs> like, oh, um, indeed. But at the same time, when once they started putting that um, "this is dangerous" signal uh, uh, beside search results, I think that was the th that was the real <laughs> tipping point. When Google's like, "Hey, we're going to rat you out. We're just going to tell people you're not secure. Straight up, you suck." Right. <laughs> you know. Um, I, yeah, I, that'll I do it. Want. I didn't want any website I'm associated with to have Google come at it and go, you suck. No, no, that's that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, and you do hit that that scenario. You know, we, we've all sort of, um, you know, been there where is it cause, is it effect, is it, right, where it's actually not that hard and a lot of hosting environments will just give you a free SSL, right? So every site being built since that update happened, you know, every designer was like, it's free or very, very cheap. It needs to be HTTPS, Google said so, right? So is it that it's actually as big a ranking factor as the search results themselves might say, or is it just the barrier to entry is so low and all of us were told to do it and a bunch of SEOs, you know, fell into step and went, do it. And then every designer went, I'll get in trouble if I don't. 
<laughs> so, you know, so is it actually as big a factor? I'm sure there's there's some tests out there. It'd be interesting to sort of run some, but at the same time, I don't want to like cripple a website just to find out. So, indeed, yeah, indeed, eh? Um, I think if you you put a bunch of small things together that have almost negligible impact um, on ranking or on Google's impression on on a website, mm -hmm. but you put like twenty or thirty of those little teeny things together and it's a little less negligible you know mm -hmm. perhaps a little more meaningful um for yeah. years i've been i've been suggesting that google how to say it google i don't even know how google would even score this but for years i've been suggesting that google looks at a pattern of behavior on on the part of the owners of websites is this good intent bad intent are you you know taking care of your uh visitors not taking care of your visitors or um i honestly think little things like that count mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah how you uh, it, you know what google said as that? much right <laughs> and therein comes the trouble and that that's why we get to have a show and keep babbling every week indeed um <laughs> okay we had a quest running question since the beginning of the uh june 2021 core update is been what the hell is this core update all about and one of the things it might have been about is page experience. Well, I think Google answered that one for us. It doesn't, it's not exclusively about page experience because Google had their own page experience uh, update that is running concurrently with the June 2021 core update. So it's about a little more than that. Um, you were suggesting a couple of weeks ago, it may be an infrastructure update for all we know. That, that so, was my sort of instinct on this one, is it? And that's where they would run in parallel. What I, and I said that, and I, I, I kind of believe it, but at the same time, after I said it, I was like, there's this nagging part in the back of my head going, <laughs> that's a little too close. Like it's a little too close to push this infrastructure and then go, we know what it's going to do with 100% certainty, and we're going to push an algorithmic update right into it right after right i mean i mean yeah. they may have more sophisticated testing on the back end than, than i think i'm sure it's incredibly sophisticated but it does seem a little too close to put live an infrastructure that you're going to be relying on for uh for 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 an actual algorithmic piece to chunk in but um you know they do some amazing things so it wouldn't surprise me to know that yeah they have data centers they've been running these tests through on a smaller scale or something at least the infrastructure side and then running their own internal tests on the algorithmic side um of the page experience update and but it, it, to put something live like that in those two pieces is i i question yeah, it but i don't think it's impossible but and i'm the one that said um, it and i'm actually going oh i might have been full of it <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, 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 all, it's all speculation, and, and like, 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 and I think I think we're, we're pretty clear about that with the audience. We don't know, but we make you know fairly well-educated guesses. Um, but we don't know. We have you know, it's, it's all speculation. It's not like Google's yeah. telling us. I was really hoping I'd be able to come in and say, but now I know what Google's. But I don't. I don't know what Google's doing. Um, <laughs> they're doing. I know they're doing something very clever. They usually do. Mm -hmm. Um. Here's a cool thing. We have we have to go to break for a second, but we got we got we got, we got time for one more shorty, uh, just a short short piece, and uh, another John Mueller quote saying straight up, "There's no real trick to making a website rank." Yeah. 
There might be a thousand little things you got to do, but that's not really a trick. That's good housekeeping and good webmastering. Yeah. You know, and I can just hear every black hat SEO on the planet going, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, um, or even better, is, hold my collection of cell phones. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good, good point. I mean, they, of course there are, right? Like, it is, I love uh, that of one. course there are some tricks, right? Like there, there, there just are. I, I'm not a black hat SEO. I don't know what they all are. I, I've seen them and I can't believe, and, and recently, like in the last couple of years, I can't believe that Google's just exhausted them. There might be no tricks they know, right? They're, they're, but we, as we were discussing last week, Google and, and, and Gary and Martin, they're not actually given access to the formula. So they don't really know. Like they, they can't really know what the algorithm holds right now. And as long as they don't know that, they can't know what black hats are doing right now that are just abusing the heck out of their system that they just don't know about, right? Like they're reporting on like, we got this list of like domains that people are selling links. Okay, that's well and good, but we all know about that one. <laughs> like, um, you know, but but what don't we know about that that's going on right now? That's what I, I, I think they, they just might be missing I think if you're a white hat SEO, like I, I am, yeah, there aren't a lot of tricks. Don't don't bother trying to chase crap. Just do a really, really good job. You know, dot your I's, cross your T's technically, get some good content, build some good links. Yeah, there's a little more to it than that, but you, you'll do okay. It's not really tricks. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm still, I'm pretty sure that there's some some tricks in the wild that even Google doesn't know about, probably quite a few of them. Um, indeed, indeed. And it would be fun to have some, uh, you know what, we are going to invite some of the nastiest black hatters on this show and confront them with that statement. Right. And that, 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 that's gonna be the whole show. You know, Dave and I will talk twice during the entire show, <laughs> once to say hi, and once to introduce the statement, then we're just gonna shut up and let right. them and let them have at it. And it'll be funny, of course, because they'll go, I'm not going to tell you what we're doing right now, but like, here's all the crap that worked a year ago. And you can assume the scale's about the same. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, that'd be a fun show. Okay, so friends, sit down, hold on to your cell phone arrays. We'll get that arranged eventually. In the meantime, it's the uh, 17th of June, 2021. We got to take a break. So it's the 17th of June, 2021. Um, you're listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. Stick around. We got some great stuff coming up in the, in the next segment. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com.
technology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 17th of June, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Voice Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, have you seen, uh, have you been to a search console recently? Last couple of days? <laughs> yes, I have, because <laughs> I know the oh, story gee. you're about to talk about. Okay, uh, so the search console just introduced uh, uh, Insights, Google Insights, giving you like one button um, access to all the good news that's Google enough to share. Uh, anything Google, anything, I, I've checked out a couple of <laughs> search insight reports, say. Eh? They remind me of the uh, ranking reports we used to put out like, like when we were trying to tell clients what a good job we were doing. Because <laughs> have you seen anything negative in a Google search console insight yet? No, no, actually I haven't. And, and, and so you're right. Every SEO on the planet is going to be biased into thinking they're awesome no matter what they do. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome, Chubb. <laughs> like here's how much better your content is and here's the very best of it. Um <laughs> Yeah, good point. I can see what they're trying to do. I, I appreciate, and I actually I appreciate what they're trying to do. But but if you're going to give me insights, give me actual criticism, because believe me, I've already ferreted out the good stuff to tell the client. <laughs> they know. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it's what I've been doing for years. Um, um, I, I, but again, like showing me the relative placement of certain pages or keyword or keyword queries uh, based, uh, against the page, that's wonderful. But I can extract that data myself. Yeah, I can get all of the stuff that that Insights is telling me, and that's not helpful. What I want is Google to tell me why the hell, what the hell went wrong here. Right. But now, one thing to 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 the credit of this. Um, this system because we're, we're sort of you know joking about it and it is true and there is some neat stuff in there like some social metrics and, and, and stuff like that that's that's pulled in and, and link metrics and stuff like that but um, one thing I, I have to try to remember for my own sake as, as much as, as, as to, to sort of chat about here is not every business owner has an SEO who ferrets out this picture for them of what's going on on their site, right? Like not everybody has a Jim or a Dave or probably many of our, our listening audience to go, and here's how your site is doing. So this perhaps gives them, I, I've chatted with a lot of business owners who are like, I'll like create a Google um, dashboard for them, like in data studio. And they just want one page, like sh show me how my traffic's doing. Like they don't even want to go to analytics. They're just like, just, just, show me on a graph how my traffic's going and maybe like my top 10 rankings and how those are going. I think this provides that image for those people, which there's a lot of them and it's fair enough. Like, I don't know how to fix an engine. I don't know why I'd expect my mechanic to know their way around analytics, right? Like they don't need to know but that. There should so. be, well, maybe they don't, but there should be at least a warning light. I mean, like, as you're driving down the road, you're not a mechanic. Um, you're driving down the road, though, and a light comes on and says your engine is about to explode. Well, actually, it's, it's a warning light that says you're, you're low on liquids. But in your mind, your engine is about to explode. And so you take it to the mechanic and get it fixed. Right. That's the same thing should happen with the website. There should be a warning. Call your SEO. And then guys like you would be get more work, you see. <laughs> so I think, not just that, actually, we help, we help somebody who might be really confused by a weirded out system. Great point. Yes. Call your SEO. 
hand them over <laughs> gobs of cash. <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right. No, but but I mean that's the only problem I got with with the problem I have with with uh, with what I've seen in insights. There's no warning lights. It's all green, all happy. Yeah. And I understand why they're doing it. You 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 touched right on it. Like your clients want one button, one page access to all that data and all that information. Um, Google My Business did, just did something neat. It did something sort of like that for. Uh, website owners or business owners who are like those customers who don't want to have to open something else to do their work in another environment. They want to do it right from right what's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think that actually inhibits people from taking control of their like Google My Business profile is you got to work in a different environment. Like you're looking at it on Google Maps and then suddenly you got to go into a Googly space. Right. So now Google My Business or now Google is giving website owners the ability to work from, say, Google Maps. Um, as long as you're logged in and you're verified as you, um, you can work on your business listing right then and there without having to go to the other environment. And I'm wondering, do you think that's going to get more business owners to take more responsibility over their their, their own listings? I, I, I think it will um, sort of prod them to update because probably one of the most often searched query for every business owner, no matter how technically proficient they might be, is probably going to be their brand, right? Like we're all interested in our name and our brand, right? Every business owner. So it, it's, it's going to pop up often. I think it'll hit a case where they'll update it, but it's only going to be triggered if they have a Google My Business linked to their account. Like if they have never claimed their business or have not linked it up to the account that they stay logged in as, it's not going to be presented to them there. Yep. So uh, there, there are some shortcomings, I think, with, with some of the, unfortunately, the least technically proficient um, of, of the business owners or ones who just happen to not have synced up for, for whatever reason, like have you know their, their, their Google My Business linked to a different email account than the one that they just tend to use, you know, as, as, as their login, as they navigate, oh, yeah, the, or maybe their, their hotmail account. <laughs> exactly. Good reason to not do that. So I, I do worry in scenarios like this, just about the bias that it, it puts it. It's great for me because I'm, I'm like, I have like all my clients in one account and I can see them all when I'm like going around any query, I can see what, you know, search consoles telling me or Google my business or whatever. Um, but most of them don't, right? They're even not either not logged in or they use a different email or they've just never even synced it up. They're like SEO hooked it up for them, maybe didn't give them access, whatever, right? Or just never even set it up at all. And it's not going to get them on board, which is I think a big, big piece of this this puzzle. Now, as a business owner, or, or as an SEO with clients who are business owners, I'm happy they're all there and completely unable or, 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 or ignorant of what's actually going on around them because it keeps the bar a little lower for the rest of us, right? It's just like, and in we go and, and your competitors don't know what they were doing. I was chatting with one of my clients yesterday about that. He's like, they just, they don't even know anything about anything about SEO. I'm like, yeah, and let's not tell them. <laughs> like, We just get to sort of walk through and we're just making sure we get stronger to hold our position, not even to gain because we're just there for pretty much everything now. Um, so that's a wonderful scenario. Um, so I guess that part's good. But as somebody, you know, we do a podcast. We've been doing this for like 16 years. Both of us write, like we like to educate. And I do feel that oftentimes the messages from us, from, from Google, isn't actually getting to the people that most need it. 
which are the people that don't even know they should be listening to podcasts like this. This should be over on Search Engine Journal reading or, or SE Roundtable or whatever. They just don't even know. But, um, but as they as they do catch on, as they and 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 then they do eventually, like you know, they it gets mentioned over bowling or over dinner or you know at the, <laughs> at, at at the Buffalo's Lodge or whatever, right? I don't know who you bowl um, with. The Water Buffalo Lodge. <laughs> I don't know. People, people <laughs> bowl, don't they? Um, you know what? I don't think there's any bowling alleys left in Toronto. I'm almost. I'm. I'm not sure if there are any or not. But people used to. Um, anyway, it gets mentioned. You know, you, you eventually you 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 hear it, you see it, you encounter it. Uh, business owners slowly catch on, or younger people get into business. I mean, heck, coming out of um, coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see a radically different streetscape in many of our communities than we saw before. Mm-hmm. All those new people getting into business, you better be like, I'm guessing that many business owners in 2021, 2022 are a lot more digital savvy than they were in 2019, yeah. 2020. <laughs> um, and uh, I think anything Google does to make it easier for a business owner to, to take responsibility for, for the information that's being put out about their business has to be better for all of us. You know, and in some way or another, it makes a better environment. Oh, that's true. and maybe that's turns true. on more business owners to the cool tricks that can be played in uh, not played <laughs> but you you can trick out hey google my business listing to make it better than the next one it's not a trick per se but it's doing all the right things in today's episode that's tip my listing right <laughs> um okay this one is cool this one's really cool um Facebook is going to be testing virtual reality ads in like Oculus VR. Yeah. Can you imagine that tube of like shampoo really squirting you in the eye and, and it was so close it actually almost hurts? Yeah, I, I wasn't or really clear on what direction they were going on this one. I'm like, this could either be really, really horrible with them just going before like your, your game starts or whatever. Some cheesy ad built by... Dave, right? <laughs> it's like thrown in your face that you need to watch before you can you can play this this free game, right? I mean, that's what I will hate to see. Um, what I will hope to see is is sort of the future of you know, with, with major publishers able to go okay and just using I don't know, like I'll, I'll picture as like little green screens around where there'd be like you know you're walking through the wastelands of, of Fallout or whatever, and there's a big you know billboard which they've just sort of used as a placeholder and gone we can feed ads into that, right? Or like, whatever. That's what I would really love to see is the integration of advertisement um, into the actual um, landscape itself. But we'll, we'll see. I have a feeling it's going to be a little more just like beat you over the head with an ad kind of thing, at least out of the gate. But at the same time, yeah. I like the publishers are going to get some money out of this, be able to produce better games and, and give me some some free stuff, right? Because nothing is free. So I think we'll, we'll up... Um, the ability of publishers to actually create revenue, inspire them to create new games, um, not relying on me to buy ones because they, they can just, you know, like publishers do now, you know, in, in, in sort of the, the sort of more traditional web spaces, we'll just pay for it with ads. Um, hopefully it'll give them that capability so that, you know, there'll be more um, free content um, on the Oculus as somebody who enjoys the Oculus. Um, I'd love to see more more free content and, and more publishers creating some cool stuff on there. Indeed. Um, it's, it's, 
getting ads into the mix is a hell of an incentive. And yeah, the early stuff is going to be like uh, schlocky at, yeah. and 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 brutal at best. But creativity always comes in, eh? Like you know, you got to compete against. Uh, it'll be like a razor blade war, where it's like four blades, five blades, six blades, eight. It'll be just like that, except with create better creativity. Well, indeed, and I think about somebody like. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's there's many, but I'm just going to list the first off the top of my head. Like, I think about if, if I tasked, if I was a big brand and I tasked somebody like Marty Weintraub and said, I need an ad that will resonate mm-hmm. in this kind of game on an Oculus and said, Marty, build me that, right? Or, or, or dream that up and then get your people to build it. I'm just picking an SEO I know has like recording studios that could actually support something like that. Jim Boykin. Right, he does some 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 work in in three D stuff, well holographic, but I'm sure he has the capability. I would to be interested. Um, I think they'll be doing some really creative stuff once we get those brains in there with the budgets on top of it. I think you know that will be exciting, and that'll be more like a beat them over the head kind of ad because it'll just be an ad, but um, at least it, rather than an integration. But I think there will be some neat stuff you'll be able to do. Um, something I'm going to find interesting because I've, I've done this where I've like stood up to play a game. Like I'll be playing like a standing up game and then not sat down. And all of a sudden I'm playing one where like I'm in a spaceship and I'm like diving down and stuff and had to like sit down after. And that I will find funny because Beat Saber, which is just listing example, is like a stand up. You're, you're sort of like flailing swords around. But if you're, I, I don't know if it's because I'm older than like my kids because they can they can sort of stand up and play these games that zoom them around. I actually get dizzy when that happens and went, oh, I need to sit down because it's going to be either voluntary or involuntary. <laughs> but I'm going to end up on my butt here one way or the other. Um, so I do wonder about the impact of that as we're creating these ads is if I'm standing to play a standing game and all of a sudden the ad puts me in an environment where I'm going to get disoriented if that happens, like my body's responding as if I'm doing things in an ad that like, or, or in the experience that, that might cause problems. I, I, I would warn advertising people creating ads that that might happen. Like if you're planting this thing on games where people stand, make sure that you're not going to end up with lawsuits because you made like a bunch of people fall and crack their heads on their TV. Yeah. <laughs> rule, rule of uh, bread, bread loyalty. Number one, don't make the consumer puke. valid point okay uh but advertising seriously is the incentive to do a lot of to do almost everything it it provides the uh the cash (laughs) that 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 makes that makes things possible on a uh, free internet yeah is that uh interesting piece in uh, search engine land today New research shows Google serves almost half of all ad traffic on fake news sites. <laughs> Do you remember those kids from Macedonia? It's the years like 20, uh, 2015 going into the 2016 election. These kids from Macedonia are running um, huge, huge pro-Trump um, news, just making up rumors, jumping on. You remember that, remember that, that yeah. phenomenon? Yeah, they were doing it not because they loved Trump. There was a, a Wired magazine expose with these guys. They didn't care. They did Trump because Trump drew traffic and traffic pimped ads right. and ads paid them. Right. That's, that's why they did because the ads paid them. So a lot of um, fake news was spread around the, the 2016 election because of Google advertising. 
because Google advertising paid them. Um, I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, the reason they do this isn't the fake news, much of the fake news stuff. It's not because they want to screw with your heads. I mean, that's just a side benefit. The reason they're doing it is because you, your head wants to be screwed with and it pushes ads. Mm -hmm. It just drives me crazy. So here's the thing. Brand owners, your brand, your jeans, your beer, your food sources, whatever it is, your 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 uh, car is being associated with fake stuff. It's your job to create to monitor and create exclusion lists. And you can do this. You can say, I don't want to be seen here. And it's your job to do that if you're if you're an advertiser. Unless you want to be associated with hate. <laughs> In which case, you know, go to it. <laughs> <laughs> your boots is a country, but people are watching, and they're remembering your name. So keep that. You can do this. You can not be associated with hate. You just have to want to not be associated with it badly enough. Right. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> makes me so mad. Just pisses me off. <laughs> really. I mean, you know what makes me mad? From the beginning of our careers. I've always, I've, I thought we had an allegiance to our clients, but we're also working as a massive like billion person team to build an environment that we all live in mm-hmm. and it is, i hate stuff that just i just hate stuff that pollutes it um and that's the judgment i apologize for the judgment that's 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 you know but ugh, it makes me mad ah, you know some judgments all right <laughs> like <laughs> uh, okay moving uh, right along yeah where do you want to go? There's, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff we could touch on. And we got um, about five minutes before we, got a, before we have to have to break. Perfect. Well, you know, we, we need to mention his name. Like, we just we need to mention his name. So, Barry Schwartz, <laughs> over on uh, Search Engine Roundtable, this is yesterday. Um, you know, one of my favorite things that Barry does. Um, so, folks, if you're not following Search Engine Roundtable, just do. Like, visit it every couple of days and look at the news. Visit it every day if you're Dave or Jim. Um, it, it, one of the things that I really love, and it's very, very telling um, of what the future looks like, is he covers very well just the subtle little changes um, that Google does to, to their layout. Now, good lesson for everybody. Google tests a lot of different layout changes. So if they're testing their user experience that much, Think about what they expect from you. They expect you to be testing your user experience. Um, I know one month I'd been tracking it for a session that I was doing and just wanted to put it together. 17 in one month, 17 layout changes. <laughs> they had tested in, in a one month period of time. Um, so folks, pay attention to that. Um, go over to SE Roundtable, but I'll be talking about one specifically that they're testing right now. Um, but one thing that I do find is individually they aren't particularly interesting, but it's like when, when all of a sudden you'll see a glut of patents around one thing that Google puts out. It's like when you look at the whole of what they're testing at a time, you get a very, very good idea of what direction or at least what angle. You might not know specifically what the search results six months from now look like, but you'll see what they're trying to figure out, which is, is, is quite telling what they're trying to accomplish in, in a thing. So um, anyway, the, the, the one that, that I don't know why I bothered going off on, on that tangent here of, on the stressing the importance of paying attention to stuff like <laughs> it's this. It's one of those days. It, it, it just is. Um, one of the ones that I really like now, I have a client that it, it resonates just so nicely with me um, because they, they 
are in travel and they do have beaches where they are like that's a big draw to to their region um and, and that was the example used um but they're adding in new boxes for browse more ideas for some queries yes um, yeah you, you saw that too eh? so folks i mean there's, there's i love great this idea i couldn't duplicate exactly what was there and i might have been just using wrong queries or or, or something like that um, I, I couldn't duplicate what was being seen, or it might just be because I'm from Canada. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, throw a proxy server up. It's a, it, this is a beta that's happening in, on American servers. Ah, okay, and then that makes I don't think we sense. can see it. I, ah, well, darn it. Um, but what I like is it allows us to refine, because what Google has seen, and we can see it when we do our keyword research. You can, I can. I can actually just see it in how I search for things, where I start with a, a broader topic. Now, I'm an SEO, so my broad topics are still usually like five or six keywords long with quotes and negatives thrown in there, but uh, because I need to get around all those other pesky SEOs like me, just get past them and, and get to the content that I'm actually looking for. Um, but it allows for that refinement within the search experience. Now they do that in other ways historically, but I, I liked it where if you just looked up, you know, kitchen cabinets and then the, the browse more ideas sort of refines to color ideas or, um, you know, just, just basically breaking it down a, a little bit further. Um, in one of the other examples, it was um, beaches that they were referencing, um, and so we saw like date ideas or ideas for trips or gift ideas or party, right? Like just allowing a person to refine a little bit more. What I think this is going to do is it's going to provide two different experiences for the same or, or, or for Google. It, it's going to first, it's going to help their, their searchers, which I think is, is interesting enough, right? Like I, I think they, they like to keep their searcher there and placate it, um, but I think also it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts search. Because if you all of a sudden notice that, I'll use the beach um, idea, and it's showing the, the four boxes. Um, if you notice that 40% of people matching these cohorts, and I'll use cohorts because of flock, right? So like 40% of people that, that match this cohort clicked on beach date ideas. How is that going to then impact just the generalized search results? Why would they even make me click that box? Why not just start to filter some of that into the top 10? Right? Like, will they, you know, and, and clearly they will start to use that data just like they use us filling in and going, oh, okay, here's all the fire hydrants in these pictures, right? Like they're, they're use us and are clicking on boxes as a training mechanism. Um, and so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they use this to sort of tailor what people actually mean as they refine. Um, without having to go, okay, what was the next query they searched, right? Which they would have to do now. We've, we've talked about that in the past and you can see it in your queries every, you know, in, in your search volumes, it starts with like two word queries and then the keyword volume drops, but the conversions go up at least for paid search as you get into three, four, five word queries as people mm -hmm. are refining. But chances are the first two words are still the same because people just started tacking on stuff um, as they were going along. So I think this will just sort of help Google bridge that gap themselves and get us straight from point A to point B. Uh, we just need to train them. And, and so we'll be the monkeys that train the system. Now, at the same time, Google is giving you, the SEO, some fairly valuable, like, uh, consumption. Um, there's enough people that are uh, long-tailing, or, or not long-tailing, sorry, that are expanding their search phrases, their search queries with these terms, mm -hmm. these add-ons. Um, Google's giving you this information. So this is a topical indicator. If um, 
people who are going to your web, to your web pages because of this, this, or that, they're also interested in this stuff over here too. Or this is an expansion of what they're interested in. Write to them. We got to jump. We got to. It happens. Take a break. Um, we are we are right up again. So, friends, on behalf of Dave David for being so I get into the markings of Jim Hedger of Digital Always Media, you are listening to Webology on WMR.FM. It is 17th of June, 2021. Stick around. We got some more great stuff after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. We are rounding out the hour on the 17th of June, 2021. This is Jim Hedger with Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And another thing that uh, Google is testing right now, you uh, we can't see it in Canada. We can only see it in the United States, but I, I think this is really cool. Um, Google's testing an article carousel for uh, for some U.S.-based authors in a limited mobile rollout. Um, it will associate uh, authors of content. You know, Google's been advising um, for the last few weeks to um, have an author link to a uh, bio. Mm-hmm. Google's now using those those links and information extracted from those bios to make um, uh, carousels again for some U.S.-based well-known authors. Um, it will link to other things that they've written. As a content creator, this like just feels good to me. Like, oh my goodness, recognition. Like, if, mm-hmm. this is, anyone who's a writer, uh, if, if if somebody looks at your work and says, "Hey, you wrote that," it just it just, just nothing makes you happier, right? And also, um, Google's, it's a step towards the entification. Is that a word, entification? It is now. Of the individual. And um, given, the way, given the way search is going, that's good for writers. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I like it. Um, I, I like I like it as a whole, like this is showing up for queries for specific writers, right? So it, it makes sense that I might across different properties that they might write for whatever, be interested in in, mm-hmm. in what they've written in a variety of places because I might not know all the places um, that, that they've written or been published in. Um, I also like it just SEO 
to go, ah, okay, these, this is how Google's connecting the dots, like just academically sort of fascinating to go, okay. And you could then reverse and en- not reverse engineer in any elaborate way, but um, gleaning some ideas of, oh, okay, this is the structure. This is how Google's piecing things together, right? Like they're understanding that this author, this is a confirmation that they understand that this author publishes at these different places. Okay, what are those different places? How are they laying things out? Right, like how are they reinforcing that this is the publisher to really make that clear? They they've given us some tips, but um. do you get the feeling that this is um that this is Google's second stab, second or third stab <laughs> at this exact sort of thing? I get this really. I mean, okay. Before I say this, friends, I'm not saying this is going to go away. Go ahead and do this. It's good practice. But I I just got this whole like um. What did they call their social network? It was that long ago. Uh, plus. Um, I got this. I'm sorry. The plus. Yeah. So I got this whole Google, Google plus feeling about this in that Google was trying to build an identity, an, an identity engine and it made it into a social network. Mm-hmm. Um, Google. I really hope that this is the secret sauce to um, getting value out of an actual author's name. Yeah. Um, that would be that would be lovely. Yeah. So please please go ahead and do this. Even if this even if it even if it peters out and Google Google stops paying attention to it, it's still I think useful to the web environment. Um, and if Google can be um, encouraged to kick some energy towards the people who create the content in the first place, I think they should be encouraged. Well, that's it. And, and something I, I think that's always important to remember, because, you know, I'd mentioned that one month they tested 17 things. I can't remember the exact number that went through. And sometimes I wouldn't even know, but not all of them go through. These are tests. There's a reason they're tests. We've all mm-hmm. run AV tests mm-hmm. on our site. Some of them stay, some of them go. Um, but one of the, the one of two things could happen if we saw this disappear, for example, just how to think about these sorts of things. And there may be more than two, but one of two things that I, I would think of is either uh, either the technology didn't keep up. They went, oh, okay, we're we're just, we're not really very good at this. <laughs> like we're always showing all of their pieces from one site, even though we know that author publishes to like 10 different places, but we're always just showing this one because of something. We're, we're just not very good at, at determining authorship across different platforms or, or something like that. I think we're seeing that they're showing their hand and going, they're pretty confident. Uh, one of the other things might be people just might not click it. So it might not be a reflection of Google. It might just be people went, no, I, I don't really care about looking at this. I actually am just here to read their bio, right? Like I'm looking up the author. Um, specifically, I'm not here to read a bunch of their articles. I'm actually here to just look up information on that author. I'm right now on an article they wrote and I want to, you know, I, I, I'm trying to cite it or something and want some detail. So, there, and I'm sure there's many more reasons, but those are just two examples of reasons that if it went away, it could be. So we don't really know, um, but this, this is a test. So basically get in there while you can and try and figure out what you can glean from it. Cause it might go away, but if it doesn't, then that information is super useful. If it does go away, it's kind of useful, but you'll never get access to it again, or at least not in that format. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you might as well get it while you can. Fair enough. Speaking of getting it while you can search engine lands, um, 2021 version of the SEO periodic table is out about and ready for download go to search engine land um 
it's on the front page right now. I linked a link to it. You have to fill in a whole swack load of information about yourself, and they'll give you a link to the PDF. For what it's worth, the PDF is actually you know helpful and useful, and then and way worth downloading. Um, often we're showing to your clients because it scares the living Jesus out of them. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I'm in a cynical mood today. I apologize for that. Yeah, no um, Dave, you threw up uh, the AI Google blog, um, a step towards more inclusive people. And I wanted to read through that, but I was busy talking. <laughs> um, what's up? What, 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 what's, what's this piece? As it happens, I love to see this come out. Um, because we've talked a lot on this show about some of the problems with machine learning systems and, and the biases inherent in them. And, and this, um, it's called bounding boxes, right? But where when machines are trained to learn what items are in an image, for example, um, it, it creates basically a little box around them, right? I mean, okay. and, and that box will have a label and that label will be man older right or, or or something like that um and that's how they were have been trained these are like training sets of hundreds of thousands sometimes millions um of different images um they're they're used and labeled by human beings to use in, in training systems um well they recognize that this is not necessarily reflective of the world at large um that there are people that do not that may just because of their genetics may appear as one gender and 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 not another they may look older um or or look younger than they are that there's a lot of exception they may actually identify differently than the gender that they appear as or were born as mm -hmm. right like that all of these things are factors and functions of our of our current society right now um and so the training was redone. <laughs> um, and rather than having the people go in to train it and build the bounding boxes and go, this is a man at this, um, they used much softer. First, they, they sort of came in with the bounding boxes because they, they already had the, the training sets, I assume, um, and then brought the people in after the fact um, with much more generalized um, terms where they, they were appearing and adding in functions for unknown um and and those sorts of things so basically they've created a training set um for image recognition um that is much more agnostic in how it defines things and then leans more on terms like predominantly where it's this appears as this function like as as and i, I say function because it, it's crossing so, outside of people but this training set i'm looking at right now is, is people related but in the long run, how does this affect Google's um, uh, artificial intelligence and how, well, how its machine learns? Well, I, I think what's going to be really important here is that it's going to be allowing Google to go in, or, or any, I, I say Google because we're, I'm looking at Google AI, but this training set can be used by, by other people as well and, and other systems, but it allows it to go in with a more agnostic approach or, or a more unbiased approach still with some tendencies. So it'd be interesting to just go, just rely on like the content of the page and then fill that in. We're not there yet. Right. And that's why you need these training sets because they're probably trying to go, okay, we can then compare that with content on a page and, and start to figure, figure out what actually is male or female, um, you know, on a page because there are so many exceptions um, that, that exist in the world. Right. I mean, you, you could have 
like cases like edge, well, not even really super edge cases, but a lot of cases where we can now go in and we can train and go, we are not defining, we are suggesting that it appears a certain way and we can choose to ignore or not ignore um, this specific set of data, as opposed to going, this is Dave sitting here, is a male, he is in this age range, right? Like, and you'll notice I said this age range, I didn't list which of the <laughs> specifics um, that, that, that are in there, um, but actually locking them down. And, and it's taking a much more broad view and allowing a lot more latitude on the part of the labelers um, with the unknown and, and more generalized um, format. So I like to see any move. I don't think this is the solution. Um, but as long as we're using human beings for training data, you're never going to end up with a completely unbiased grouping. And I do understand the desire and, and push to go. We do need to understand the predominantly one way or another for, for a lot of mm-hmm. um, applications. So I do understand that. Um, it'd be great if we we just didn't and you could just go, just let the machine figure it out, but the machine needs to be trained. And so this is what they're doing. But I did like seeing a new set of data um, being made available that is much less biased. If nothing else, I don't think this is a perfect solution, but it shows the, the direction that Google's going. And hopefully that'll start to, to proceed in. Um, in other areas, you and I can remember, and I, I won't get into the details because they're horrific in, in some cases, but where machine learning systems have made horrible, horrible oh, targeting um, and, and seeing them trying to address these things with, with examples like this. And this was just published a couple of days ago. Um, oh. It is nice to nice to see. Recognizing bias in machine learning is important. Um, garbage in, garbage out. That's yep. that's a, that's a saying that goes back to the to the dawn of uh, of of computing, um, and finding ways to 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 account for um, and hopefully correct those bias those natural bias biases would be. Uh, you know, I imagine that's a holy grail of machine learning right now, and yeah. I hope this is a. Uh, a step forward. Unfortunately, we can't talk about it much longer because we are plumped direct out of time. Uh, I don't even I don't even have time to do the COVID common sense speech, but friends use common sense with COVID and get yourselves vaccinated so we can get the world back. Okay, well we gotta jump though. There's a there's a, a show coming up right directly after us. So on behalf of Dave Davis for Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger for Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm. It's the 17th of June, 2021. Stick around the network. There's some great content coming up later. And friends, stay safe, be kind to each other, rank well. We'll talk to you next week. Opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.